You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome. We are Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olibiagos and the international home for the red and white legend. We're back. Happy New Year to everybody. 2022 has begun. It's the first episode uh, of the new year. My name's Costa Levoyanis. I'm joined today by Costa with a K, Costa Lianos. How's it going, Costa? Everything's great. I would like uh, to thank uh, Moderna for providing the Wi-Fi today, as you had your booster shot today. Cheers for that, man. You're saving us a lot of money, saving us a lot of money today. Really appreciate it. Taking one for the team right there. Go and get vaccinated, guys. Seriously. I know in Greece, a lot of people, uh, fans, some fans quite skeptical, but a lot of fans, a lot of Olympiagos fans, did the did the vaccination purely and simply so that they could go to the stadium uh, but no seriously guys go and get your boosters uh, i got mine today i did pfizer the first two times um today they asked me do you want to do one or the other i was like whatever and said oh go and do moderna i was like why should i do moderna so oh because the immunization rate is better if you do a different one it's like okay whatever I'll see you when i do the fourth one i <laughs> uh but yeah that's that's out of the way now Get vaccinated, guys. Started. Get it Go over ahead. with. Get it over with, indeed. Um, all right, well, that issue aside, we've got a game tomorrow. Finally, it feels like we haven't had a game for such a long time. Yeah, and uh, Olympiacos have a, have a game tomorrow uh, because, as we know, the Greek League is so exciting these days. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to climb up to the top. You don't know who's going to win the league as well this season. It's just so close with Olympiacos and uh, and uh, and uh, that's where you jump in, Costa. That's where you. That's where, that's, this is where you bail me out. That's, like, like, who, who's who's our rival? Who's the rival these days? Who's the Olympiacos no. rival? Who's the big rival these days? Uh, ourselves and COVID. COVID. But, uh, Europe. Yeah. Preparing for I Europe. Mean, sarcasm aside yeah we are 11 points clear at the top of the table i can't see how you know how things how how the other teams can turn it around still games to play of course and it's not over until it's over but uh but 11 points clear we're sailing we're cruising uh it does feel like it's been a while since since we've had a game you know as as poor as the standard of the greek league can be i'm happy that we're going to see the red and white finally again after what seems like you know i think it's only been a week or, or 10 days but it feels like just too long a time without an Olympiacos game so excited to see the team again tomorrow um if you are joining for the first time guys hit that subscribe button hit the like button as well to always get your updates on anything that has to do with Olympiacos. we are the number one english source following the team providing updates for Olympiacos fans 
all over the world, Greece included. So hit that subscribe button if you'd like to, to support us. Now, uh, Costa, interesting squad list that came out for tomorrow's game against um, against Apollon Zmirnis. I'm going to bring it up on screen. Yeah. So, Vachlik, Christensen, Zolakis in goal. No surprises there, but... That's the only we... normal part of the squad. Only normal that... part of the squad. And and the forwards, perhaps. El Arabi, Tiquinho. But no then we know that there have been four uh, four cases of players that tested for tested positive for covid uh, when when the when the players went through their last run of tests ahead of tomorrow's game we know that Apollon's moon has also been suffering and there's even been some rumors about the game being called off tomorrow but yeah you can see there that Socrates is missing Lala is missing Andrutsos is missing and the other one is uh, Lopez. Ronnie Lopez is missing. And we've got a lot of B-team play, team players coming in. Uh, Kitsos, exciting winger that uh, Pedro Martins has been rumoured to want to develop into in the next Timikas. We've read that in the Greek press. Don't know about that. Um, they love Nick the Greek press loves throwing the whole next <laughs> this, next that. Just ignore it. Just ignore this thing. We've got Nikolic, we've got Bagalianis, who I've been quite impressed with whenever I watched B-team games. And Manolas is in the team tomorrow yeah. as well. First He's in the squad up. list. First call-up yeah. since his return. Exactly. And Karbovnik. Yeah, that's... Karbovnik's there too, Costa. Well, very I, glad I, to see I thought he was... Is he, he, he's still alive. He's still alive. Not injured, it seems. Not injured. It's good that he's there. I don't expect Manolas to get involved, though, if I'm being honest. Maybe from the bench, if the game is, uh, if the score is con- convenient, maybe just come on, just, you know, get, get it going. I don't think, I, I, I wouldn't bet money on that. So what do you got tomorrow? Oh, what, out of this? Yeah. Well, uh, what is what is Pedro Martinez's preferred system? Are we, is it going to be a 4-3-3? Shall we go with 4-3-3 on this one? That's a good question, Costa, because he could go with that 4-3-3 with Envila, Bukalakis and Camara in midfield that he likes so much, which I really despise seeing in the Greek league personally. I do like to play with a traditional number 10, uh, but that is that is one option. Um, more more curious at the back what his pairing is going to be because, you know, Rabchuk's got one, one flank and then probably Karbovnik on the right. I'd be surprised if it's not Karbovnik. And then probably Avram and Ba is my guess tomorrow that could happen i don't see it being a three uh, a three four three because he doesn't really have no. enough players for the back three so it's going to be vatslik in goal then karbovnik and reabchuk uh at full back uh you took the uh you took the uh mm. you took the image down could you get it back up oh yeah there you yeah. go good man so vatslik in goal Karbovnik Reabchuk uh, at fullback, but centre back. Hmm. Is he going to go for Avram or is he? Is he actually going to throw Manolas at the deep end? He's not. I think it's going to be Avram or a youngster. So he said. He said in an interview the other day that he was very happy with the physical condition of Manolas and Lovera, that they were lacking match fitness. I mean, it's Apollon's meaning this. No disrespect. But 
I think Manolas can hack a game against Apollon Zemiris and start building up some fitness. But uh, I also know that Pedro Martins has a lot of faith in Avram Papadopoulos. I wouldn't be surprised to see him play next to Bar tomorrow. Yeah, but you don't want to you don't want to risk him getting injured. Uh, you don't want to risk Manolaske. That's that's the whole. That's what's really important about match fitness. Not just about can you play against you know a team like Apollon Zmirnis. It's like can you not get injured against a team like Apollon Zmirnis? And the Greek league, it's no Premier League, but you know, <laughs> in the Greek league, everyone loves an extra little kick uh, that doesn't find the ball. So yeah, let's go Avram and uh, Avram and Ba. So that's our back four. Madi Buchalakis and Envila, do we agree in midfield? I have a feeling that's what we're going to see, though I'd like to see Valbuena at the 10. I know some of our guys are on the, on the chat there. They're saying that. Erythrolevki Mastura, Kalihrania, my friends. My prediction is Valbuena at the 10. I just think that that 4 3 3 has not got enough creativity, man. But, and Valbuena has looked pretty decent the last couple of games he's come on. So I'd quite like to see a 4 2 3 1. And then the, the, the wings is interesting as well, huh? because you've got. You've got Vrusai essentially tomorrow. No one Yakuru, no Rodriguez. And you've got Masuras, of course. Masuras has got one wing. And then who's who's going to take the other one? Will it be Vrusai? Will it be Valbuena? And then the other three we mentioned in the midfield, Kamara, Bukhalaki, Sambila. Or will he play 4 4 2? Or will he play 4 4 2, Costa? You can't. Uh... Four four two. Both of that. his attackers. Both of his attackers. Though that's a bit risky. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Martins will need an an impact player from the bench, and that's why Valbuena, in my opinion, is not going to start. Maybe he's going to start with Masuras on one wing and Algasim or Vrusai on the other one, and then Larabia leading the line is what I'm thinking. I think Valbuena is going to be at, on the bench because he's going to need that probable impact player coming off the bench because he doesn't have anyone else to play that role, really, does he? Except for Tikinio. Yeah, I mean, I, I've said it before. I don't really like it when he starts the four four two. I think he should keep a striker on the bench and have that option to bring him on later. So, you know, best guess is probably El Arabi starts tomorrow up front. But, but okay. I mean, it's it's a game against Apollon's Mirnis. It's a game that we should be winning no matter what. There are some other interesting, very interesting things going on uh, in and around the club. Of course, the transfer window opened officially on the 1st of January. We'd already signed Manolas before. But I think one of the biggest discussions that that is being had right now is about Youssef El Arabi and his contract and whether he will renew it or not. So he is now able to speak to other clubs if he wants to sign a pre-contract, his contract ends the end of June 2022. He will turn 35 in February. There's big discussion going on about his age. Should he be earning a 2 million euro contract, which is what he is on now? The talk is that Olibiagos is offering him a new two-year closed contract to see out his career, to end his career at Olympiacos with a little less money than what he's on now. Now, before we actually ask the question, should we be paying Youssef Al-Arabi 2 million euro a year for the next two years at age 35? I just want to run through the numbers 
and remind the people what we're talking about here. So, Youssef Al Arabi has played 126 games in all competitions for Olympiacos. He scored 69 goals. He's our leading goal scorer of all time in European competitions. At 16 goals in Europe. I think Mitroglu had 15. Three goals in the Champions League. Eight goals in the Europa League. Two this season. One from the penalty spot against Frankfurt in an insignificant game we lost away from home. And a goal that he scored against Antwerp at home this season. Costa, what you got? Well, first of all, Olympiacos fans should be really pleased and grateful that Marcus Berg never came to Olympiacos. Marcus Berg was... Um, El Arabi came over in 2019, was it? 2019, wasn't yeah. it? 2019, yeah. summer of 2019. At that time, Marcus Berg was Olympiacos' top target to, uh, to lead the line. Uh and uh, Olympiacos made, made Berg the best offer by far, better than any, any other suitors. But Berg didn't want to join because Berg is Panatha. Berg loves Panathinaikos and he felt like joining Olympiacos would be, would be a spin in the face towards the Panathinaikos fans who also got very nervous. And they actually, Thira de Catria, Gate 13, did issue a statement urging Berg not to go to Olympiacos. It seemed like it was very, very close. Uh, and uh, he didn't want to join. So what he, he waited out for at least an offer that's almost as good as Olympiacos. And it came at the, oh, close to the 11th hour by Krasnodar. It is a very good thing Marcus Berg didn't join Olympiacos because he didn't want to be at Olympiacos. He was a Panathinaikos fan. It wouldn't have worked. He wouldn't be able to learn to love this team. And that would probably show on the pitch. And some crazy Olympiacos fans would make would feel like he's not here to play. He's a Panathinaikos player. He doesn't want to be here. Get him out. It would have been a very toxic situation. And El Arabi was number two. He was the number two uh, choice. And uh, it, it looks like he should have been plan A all this time. Excellent transfer. El Arabi, in my opinion, is already an Olympiacos legend. And I think he cemented his status as an Olympiacos legend after that unforgettable goal against Arsenal at the Emirates, which will live in infamy. And it's, you know, it's sealed one of the greatest victories of a Greek team in Europe ever. But that was then and this is now. This is a 35-year-old Youssef El Arabi who has given a lot for Olympiacos. Uh, he's, he can still go, definitely can still go. But uh, Olympiacos are not a Premier League team, which means that uh, the budget needs to be a little tighter and we don't know what's, what's next year is going to be like. Are they actually going to make it to the Champions League? Are they, can they actually pull off an upset against Atalanta and earn even more money from Europe? Um, what I do know about the whole El Arabi saga is that um, he wants to stay at Olympiacos. There is a lot of intent from his side to stay and finish his career at Olympiacos. And that shows from the fact that he's received a lot of offers from the Middle East, which at present he is brushing aside for now until he figures things out with Olympiacos, who are the priority for him right now. As far as I understand, Olympiacos are not willing to pay that much money. So they're looking for a compromise on that department. Uh, so 
there's a very positive feeling. There's a very there's a feeling of confidence. But it seems like if he does stay, it's gonna there's gonna be a compromise. That's what I know. What do you got? I think that there are a number of factors at play here. I think one of the most important things is the Atalanta game. I think that right now El Arabi is in a position of of power, but it's it's kind of a slippery slope. What do I mean by that? He's saying, I want the same money. I want two million for the next two years because I've been one of the best, uh, you know, one of the best players of, of this team. He's the best. He's the best player in Greece. Let's just say it. He's the best player in the Greek Super League. I think he deserves to be the highest paid player in the league. To win the Greek League, you need a top striker and a top keeper, mainly. So you know that's that's kind of the framing. Now, if El Arabi ends up being a critical player in the Atalanta games. Say, you know, he scores two or three goals against Atalanta, one away, two at home. And, you know, we have this glorious, glorious, uh, you know, progression to the next round. I want my money. (laughs) I ask for more. But if he doesn't, then again, maybe, you know, he's not going to get that, that two million. So, it's a difficult one at age 35. Um, I th- we've we've talked about his his performances on the field and sometimes his his hold up play, his link up play hasn't been up to par, or at least you know what we've been used to the last couple of years. Um, but one thing one thing I think we haven't talked about enough is that he maybe hasn't been getting as good a service. As he used to. Yeah. If you look at Valbuena's stats, the first season he joined, I was looking at this today ra- randomly. Valbuena had more than 20 assists yeah. in his first season. And I guarantee you, I don't know this off the top of my top of my head, I can guarantee you more than half of those assists were for El Arabi goals. How many times did we see a cross come in from Valbuena on the left, on the right, and, you know, El Arabi header or El Arabi tapping. How many times did we see that the first season? And this year, we, we've seen it in, in all the analysis, in all the stats that we've seen from Opta, the Gesaris uh, Opta stats that they put out on Sport24, the own analysis that we did, that we posted on our Instagram. We're creating less chances than we were last season, not to mention the first season that he joined. So he's not getting the service, but I will say this. When we were rumoured to sign Tiquinho, before we signed him, I thought they're getting this guy in. Tiquinho is a top player. I know he went to China, but at Porto, he was banging the goals in. He was a top striker worth seven or eight million, I think, in terms of value. We would never sign him, never be signing this type of player if he wasn't free and if Martins didn't know him from back in Portugal, would not be able to sign this player. So I thought we're getting Tiquinho because Tiquinho is going to be the number one striker next season, 2022-2023 season. I'm, 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 not, I'm not convinced we should be paying 2 million. Some people on Instagram, they've commented, you know, I'll give him 1.5 and, you know, 500K if he scores 20 goals, you know, those kind of, uh, performance bonuses. I'm on the fence, mate. 
really, I'm on the fence. What about you? Well, I mean, uh, the counterpoint to everything, to, to all the amazing points you made would be that, well, there's Tiquinho. The manager's going to say, well, we are, you know, we do have somebody to fill in for you if you do leave. Uh, and also, the Europa League group was tough, but it wasn't that tough. I've said it before in the sh- on the show that I feel like Olympiacos overestimated Fenerbahce. Uh, and El Arabi was not really the kind of player that gave you a few extra against those opponents. Uh, he didn't. He wasn't really the kind of guy that would, you know, have the Cristiano Ronaldo kind of role that, at Manchester United. You know, when everything just goes wrong, they just, you know, take the ball, take the team by the hand, and just guide them to the three points. He is definitely at, at the twilight of his career. He has done a lot for Olympiacos. Olympiacos have a lot to be grateful for him, and I think he deserves a strong uh, last contract with them. But if he truly wants to give something one more thing back he's going to agree to a compromise and i think that's the best way of doing it either a compromise or you know everyone just moves on he's going to he he's he, he's going to find a great offer from the middle east and he doesn't mind playing in the middle east because he previously said that he loved playing in saudi arabia was it or uh, I don't remember the ex- qatar excuse me he loved playing there because it brings him closer to his religion so yeah. like both sides are going to be just fine. You said it. You made a great point. El Arabi is the kind of player that needs to have a good cross, a good pass in. He's a Kostas Mitroglu Darko Kovacevic kind of striker. He's not a Giovanni who's going to take the ball and do amazing things and just, you know, make, um, decide himself what he's going to do, you know, uh, improvise. He doesn't improvise. He can, he, he can create for himself. He can create for himself. He's like he's better than Tiquinho at doing that. You remember the goal against the uh, Omonia last yeah. season in the qualifiers, or like the goal against Tottenham. So I mean, he is he is a fox in the box type of player, but he's also like pretty good with the ball at his feet, or like way above average, uh, even com- compared to Kovacevic. Mitroglou was quite good with the ball at his feet, like at his peak. Um, but yeah, he, he definitely needs the service and he hasn't been getting it. There's no Fortunis, Balbuena's not playing as much this season. We know that it's been it's been pretty drab this season in terms of creativity. We haven't been particularly easy on the eye. In, for more simple English, we haven't been really nice to watch this season uh, in terms of performance. And I think that's also affected El Arabi. Lots of comments coming into the chat. Andrea Saladara, uh, thanks for pointing out, mate. Uh, three goals this season in the in the Europa League. Yeah, the ones against Eintracht were insignificant in the end. There was the goal at home against Eintracht after the Onyekuru cutback, the only assist he's had all season. That was a nice goal. Um, he is a he is a terrific overall striker, but you know the wage bill is another issue. It's a broader issue. It's the first time I remember us having um, such such a wage bill you look at players like kunde and on who aren't really giving us anything right now let's just call it what it is karbovnik we're paying his salary he's not playing there are lots of examples semedo we'll talk about semedo in a little bit um manolas is on a big contract socrates is on a big contract and villas on a big contract you look around the team like it's um it's pretty hefty yeah. Uh, well, like I said, 
I'm covering Chelsea at the moment, and Chelsea have this rule that if you're if you once you become thirty, you only get a one year extension. Uh, that's the the big pickle now with Cesar Aspilicueta, another player who's given Chelsea a lot. He's won two Champions Leagues with them, uh, and there's a reason why this happens. Is because you know a thirty plus year old can take you so far. The way I see it, if El Arabi does sign a new contract. I can see him having the Chori Dominguez kind of role. You know, after Fortunis arrived, Chori Dominguez uh, uh, went to the bench and he came on as, a, as an impact player where he scored big goals, like the one against Malme. Uh, I can see him being something like that afterwards, like a Mathieu Valbuena kind of character, kind of role yeah. after that. Tikino it was definitely someone that was brought in to become the El Arabi replacement, and he can be the El Arabi replacement. We're seeing a lot of good elements out of him. Uh, but I guess, like, um, in conclusion, I think regardless of what happens with El Arabi, Olympiacos need to bring in another striker in the summer. Definitely bring in another striker. So the, the question is, though, like, I agree with you, first of all. But the question is, do you pay two million salary to a player that's coming off the bench? Or have they had that conversation in terms of his role? But, I mean, we, we can go on forever. And I think you've said it and people in the chat have said it, that we're looking at, hopefully, you know, the club and the player coming to a compromise. I've read as well that his family's very happy in Greece. He's even looking to try and secure a future role in the club. And maybe that's part of the discussion in terms of a non-playing role for him. I do hope in the end that he does renew his contract. I think particularly for Greece, he's, 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 absolute, he's an absolute luxury. I think if Olympiagos wants to be playing Champions League football, which is really starting to get beyond us, I feel, looking at the level of the Greek league, then I think we need to think about something different. Tiquinho, is, is Tiquinho the answer? I don't know. But what we should remember about Tiquinho is that Tiquinho's arrived at the club having not played for about six months. Huh? So it's going to take a good season for him to really find his form again. He has scored goals. I think he's already scored more than 10 goals for us this season. So he could be a different prospect for us next season. And it could end up being what you said, uh, Costa, um, El Arabi having that Troy Dominguez role and Tiquinho being the starter. And then who knows, maybe Algasim Bar explodes and turns into you know what everyone's been been thinking and hoping about him he's been injured for for the last few beating games so we haven't seen a lot of him yet but speculation there aren't any talks about us signing a striker right now in terms of transfer window the focus is renewing El Arabi's contract now I want to move on to another topic (sighs) (laughs) Ruben Semedo has made the news again for the wrong reasons Again, truth or lies, that's not for us uh, to decide. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. It's been nothing but bad news since he wasn't called up for the Euro. And it's been a constant downhill spiral ever since. Um, and even before that, there were some some behavioural questions. We know that he went to COVID parties in early 2020 with Radjelovic and 
and Bruno. We've talked about that and had a giggle about that on the podcast previously. Then there was the Ludogorets game, the uh, the own goal, then being left out the team, the rape accusations, which he was cleared of, and now this out of nowhere, uh, accusations from his wife uh, of assault, which were then retracted. His wife changed the story. Uh, they said he was in prison, and then he was sending videos from his house. We're just talking about Samedo too much off the pitch. That's that's the bottom line. We're talking about Samedo off the pitch for more than I can care to remember. And he was, for me, one of the best centre-backs I think we've ever had that first season. That first season, he was incredible. But it's gone downhill and it's time to go. Who wins from all of this, all of these rumors? Definitely not Olibiagos. Who leaked this news? Why did they leak it? Who benefits? We're trying to sell him to Porto. We apparently rejected a bid today. And then the news came out. Like, what's going on? Like, Costa, help help me out here. I don't know if I can help, actually. Uh, when I wrote my debut uh, blog post for uh, Gate 7 International, I finished with uh, a little PS note that uh, it was close to the end of the summer transfer window, and I urged the club to get rid of Semedo and bring in Dimitri Siovas. As, you know, just, just do that. Just pull off the Band-Aid, bring in Siovas, who's going to cost you a lot less money, but can still give you a lot of things on the pitch, and just end it there. <sighs> you know what? Olympiacos are not... A... How do I say this without offending anyone? Uh, Olympiacos are not a Premier League-tier team. But they are still a very respectable club and a club that takes itself extremely seriously. I once spoke with a former youth player, former football youth player that played at Olympiacos. I met him on, um, on the plane on my way to London with a British Airways flight. Uh, and uh, he told me that when they were bringing them up, they always told them, we don't lose. We never lose. We don't even talk about losing. That's a serious club that only wants to succeed. And they want their players to honor the badge, whether they're wearing it or not, inside or outside of the pitch. I have to question Ruben Semedo's uh, professionalism with what happened in the summer. You just got omitted from the, squad, from the first, first team squad. And you're still on your way towards a huge transfer despite your past troubles. You're on your way to Portugal, to the biggest club in Portugal. You're almost there. You're, you almost went to Wolves, but it didn't happen because of you know visa issues. That's the only reason why you didn't go to the Premier League. And instead of just sitting back, keeping a low profile, this happened. There were so many ways this could have been avoided. I have to question his professionalism. As far as I'm concerned, just rip off the band-aid let him go and just move on you know are, are you desperate for another center back bring on king Kue from the from the b team are you desperate for a center back work harder on manolas are you desperate for a center back bring siovas in 
In my opinion, the only Siovas was approached by Pauk, Panathinaikos, Ike, and Olympiakos after he became a free agent. The reason he's a free agent, in my opinion, is because he's waiting on Olympiakos to, to bring him in. Uh, and I think that's going to happen in the summer. If you ask me, I think it's going to happen in the summer. Well, make it quicker. Bring him on. Bring him on if you're desperate. Just end it. End it. And, and Semedo, it's over as far as I'm concerned. Pretty clear. Uh, we have a guest waiting to join us. Uh, bring him on. Hi, guys. Hello, buddy. Yeah, man. Hi. V- Vitas. Hey, man, Vitas. How, how are you doing? Where are you calling from? What's your name? Uh, I'm calling from London. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Brentford. <laughs> oh, there you go. In the Premiership now. And uh, been a fan since I can remember, you know, of Olympiakos. Uh, Greek grandfather, that's enough. <laughs> and uh, I was off. And uh, just to what you were saying about uh, Ruben Semedo, uh, I often chat with Benfica fans uh, backwards and forwards for years. And um, I grew up with a lot of Benfica fans around the area. And uh, they warned me about him before he came. Uh, they said, uh, th- this guy's talented. Uh, he can definitely help, but he's going to cause you trouble at some point. And uh, it seems they were right. And uh, the minute I told them about the problems, they said there'll be more. <laughs> just wait. This is just the beginning. This is the first interaction with the police. There'll be more. And uh, I, I, I agree with what you said. I think he's massively talented. I think he's one of the best uh, CBs we've had that I've seen. Um, I think he lost his motivation a bit towards the end. Um, I think there was a failed transfer that he was kind of up for, but uh, it didn't work out. But um, now I think uh, I agree. I think we have to cut the cord with this player. So what did you say your name was? Vitas. Vitas. Mm. Vitas. It's wonderful to have somebody calling in from the UK. Um, my most, neck of the woods. Of, most of everyone knows that I'm from, well, born in the UK, uh, out of London. So, yes, yeah, nice to have someone from the UK calling. Mate, I mean, yeah, cut the cords. The question is, how much are you going to get for him now? And we knew that he was trouble when we signed him. He wouldn't come to Greece otherwise if he wasn't trouble. We knew that from day one. Guys coming with baggage. But, you know, we we are that kind of club that offers opportunities to players that are kind of, you know, in decline, looking to make a, a looking to bounce back and i think he did in that first season i remember a couple of games i i saw him live as well at the gadaiskaki one of the first games i saw him against vittoria plitzen which was a decent team uh in in the season before i think they went quite far in europe you know he he would aprospelastos how you say in greek you just couldn't get past him it was an absolute That's brick wall I can't think of a better word to describe how he was in the in that first season. And yeah, he lost motivation. And yeah, he could have made a transfer to Benfica when uh, what was it? Um, um, the manager Jesus was was still there, and he wanted him. But you know that didn't happen. But he got a new contract, got more money. So all right, you know what motivates you? I don't know. You know the, the guys. Is, is a problem child. He's a problem child. And yeah, I'm not surprised your mates your mates from Portugal said said what they said. What what do you think about the El Arabi situation? Uh it's uh, I, I only just came in about five minutes before and I caught okay. the end of that whole debate. And uh I, I agree. I, I think uh 
he's at that age and um in true greek fashion we have an older player who's you know like uh the spine of the team in a way holding everything together and uh, we've got we're trying to balance youth and experience and uh he he just looks like he can go keep going uh so i'm happy to to keep him and give him what you know if his demands are fairly reasonable uh to to keep him on and uh i think there's an agreement coming anyway uh, i think it's i don't think it's going to be difficult for him to stay now um and i think we're okay with two strikers and um we we, we can rotate between the two and uh maybe bring someone else in in case there's injuries um because of europe but yeah i'm i'm, I'm happy for him to stay and i think he's worth every penny i mean i think he's been the best striker for the last few years in greece by a mile right. yeah. the question this is the is budget a... though the question is the budget on this one because uh Olympiacos didn't make it through to the champions league this season and the bar has been raised so so high up teams like Olympiacos can will find it really hard to compete against champions league teams even if they make it through it's not like the 90s or the 2000s anymore it's just a different league i mean you see Olympiacos struggling in the europa league as well uh i hope it's not going to come to a point where where the greek champion will have to uh will only get to go to the uh, to the conference but this is it it's the budget you know how much can Olympiacos justify this sort of this sort of fee to El Arabi? And you know, you can have other players coming in saying, you know, hey, I want that much money. If Madika Amara turns it around and starts, you know, breathing fire again, like he did in his first two years, he's gonna say, hey, you know, he's making that much money. Where's my uh, where's my pay? You know, you can have your for fortunis if he comes back and does the same thing. Like Ibuka Amara if he stays on as well. Uh, so many factors in this, but uh, like I said, El Arabi does want to, does wants to stay at Olympiacos. He does wants to talk, and he did uh, push away. He is postponing the, um, the the offers he's getting for the Middle East currently, but they're there. Hmm. Indeed, uh, friend of yours says hello, Vitas Kostas Papadimitriou. Hello, brother Vitas, uh, honor moderator in our group Olympiacos Yemiazoui. An Olympiacos fanatic supporter. Costas Papadimitriou, if you're still following, why don't you show your, your face as well, mate? We can speak Greek as well, Costa, if you're if you're Come on, your English Come on in. Come on. Vitas, I got a question Who's your all-time favorite? has been a big supporter. Big supporter of, of our initiative. Yes. Yes, indeed. Costa Papadimitriou, if you're around, get your ass on. We can, we can switch to Greek as well. Vitas... Nice to meet you, mate. Um, one question before he leaves. One question before he leaves. I'm just curious. Yes. Vitas, what is your, who is your all-time favorite Olympiacos player? Uh, it has to be Giovanni. Uh, oh, my guy. For years on the internet, um, I just had my name as Gio. G-I-O. Just because of, <laughs> <laughs> everyone knew me as Gio. They thought that was my actual name. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's, he's the one for me. Even now, such a stand-up guy. You know, I follow him on social media and, yeah, love him. We're gonna he looks him fitter now than he was when he was playing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I mean, he, the, 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 there's a few Brazilian players now that if you follow them on Instagram, some of them are in their 50s and they're so ripped. And uh, I spent last year in Brazil because I was trapped there because of COVID uh, with my wife. I couldn't come back. And uh, the Brazilians really look after themselves when they get older. I mean... <laughs> It's incredible. I mean, they hit the gym more than the younger guys, a lot of them. And uh, 
Yeah. I, I, we, we spoke with Peter Filipakos, former oh, player of the team, a, 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 a while ago. And I remember we were talking about diet and what the footballers were eating back then. And I remember him saying, Rivaldo, fish every day. Only fish, like fish salad every day. Mm. It's, it's anyway, yeah. Go and check out that interview. If any of you uh, new subscribers, if you guys haven't watched the interview with Peter Filipakos, great, great content, fantastic guy, uh, very talkative, like very open. Go and check out that interview. It's really good. Vitas, thanks a lot, mate. Hope to see Take you care, next dude. time. Take care, Take guys. Care, bro. Yes, feeling. Wonderful. Always good to have fans over. Indeed. Um, what else have we got? Some, you know, off the mill transfer news. Like, what else have we got? Left back, still looking for a left back. Uh, I wrote an entire column about that, didn't I? About the fullbacks. It's just such a shame because Olympiacos in the 2019-2020 season, they looked every opponent in the eye. They could take everyone on. Yeah, they lost to Bayern. Yeah, they lost to Tottenham in London. But they, they did give them a hard time, especially Bayern at home, and especially, especially both of them at home, and Tottenham as well away. They, they knew how to look at an opponent in the eye, and much of it was de dependent on the fullbacks. Much of it depended on Omar and uh, Tsimikas. And it's such a shame that Olympiacos didn't pay extra um, to have Omar stay so at I'm least. Right. Tsimikas, Tsimikas had to go. Tsimikas had to go. You can't just stand in his way on that and you can see how good he is right now and in my opinion Simika should leave Liverpool not because he's not good enough or he's not going to get enough opportunities but because there's no way he's going to push Andy Robertson away Andy Robertson is simply better than Simikas because he's arguably he's one of the best left backs in the world maybe the best in the world you know what he might be the best in the world you're not going to push Andy Robertson away but you can make it to the, to the starting lineup of many other top clubs in Europe. So in my opinion, he should seriously consider leaving. Big question. We all love Costa Tsimikas. I, I I tend to agree with you. Like I love that he plays for Liverpool. Like I have a, you know, despite the pain that they caused me, I was at that three, one game. Yeah. You know, when, when they, that, that second half, that Gerard goal, can't remember what year it was. Nine, not the point. 2004, 2004, 2004 yeah, wasn't it? And they won it. They won it that season. I have a soft spot for Liverpool, so I love I love it when Simicas is playing for them. Um, but but I agree, he could walk into. I mean, Luke Shaw had a great Euro, but Simicas is arguably a top five left back in in the Premier League right now. He could walk into most Premier League teams. I'd love to see him stay in England. I wouldn't like to see him like I don't know go to Italy. Like there's just something about the Premier League that the Premier League's the best league in the world. You want him to stay there. Anyway, Timikas isn't going anywhere. He's going to be at Liverpool this season. You know, maybe they'll whatever we can we can talk about that in the summer again. Oleg Rebchuk is attracting some interest. Mm -hmm. Been one of our best players this year, and apparently Eintracht Frankfurt are interested in him. I doubt we're going to sell, but but you know the, the rumors about the left back. What is it? Uh, the Iraklia Azarovi that we were looking at. This Georgian player. Um, he's he's moving to, to Trabzonspor, so he's he's off the list now. There was Hassan Kamara from from uh, Stade Rem. He's going to Watford. 
Zagaridis has been talked about. We talked about that one before. Decent player. I liked him when he when I saw him play against us at Gadaiskaki last year in particular. I remember he had a very good performance. Gone to Parma, played two games, lost. Now looking for a way back. Banathanagos rumoured to be interested in re-signing him as well. They don't have the money. I don't know. What do you think about that, Costa? Zagaritis. Bearing in mind, we also have Kutris, but a certain Kutris out on loan. I was about to, uh, to, to say, uh, Zagaritis is an interesting talent, but he doesn't play much at Parma. And uh, the thing is, other... Uh, I mean, here comes, you know, the whole Greece, Greek national team debate in the sense that there are not a lot of players who have experience from top-level football. The best you could... I mean, what is top-level football? It is the top five. Premier League, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, Liga, Champions League, Europa League. That's top-level football uh, right there. Uh, and I think... I think Zagaritis doesn't have enough of it and he doesn't play... For Parma, I would much rather give Leonardo Cutris a second chance because he does play for Fortuna Düsseldorf. He hasn't established himself as a key player there, but he does get a lot more opportunities. And let's not forget that in the 2018-2019 season, Cutris played ahead of Tsimikas. He he sent Tsimikas to the bench. It was the next season where Tsimikas uh, uh, took his play, uh, regained. The place there's a lot of talent in there i don't expect him to be as good as he was beforehand because he had some serious injuries but he definitely deserves another shot i mean if, if yanis fetfadzidis gets a second shot at olympiacos surely leonardo cutris gets one as well i'll be much more interested in if in, in bringing him back i'm not too sure what the loan deal is because loan deals can be a little tricky i just did an exclusive uh about nottingham forest with uh jed spence you know nottingham forest had to make a new loan deal to make sure he's not going to go back to uh, uh, to borrow to Middlesbrough mid-season. But if there's a way, just, you know, bring him in or, you know, seriously consider bringing him back in the summer. Uh, definitely want to see what, what he... I, I don't think the last chapter of his career has been written, not even close. Let's see what Coach Martins has to say about that. Also, another one that's in talks for a new contract, apparently, that's we could we can make a whole new episode on this, but we weren't. I think a few months ago we weren't really expecting that he would be in this kind of situation. Um, we expected him to leave. He may still leave, but anyway, we have another guest joining. I think you're familiar with this guy. Oh, hello! Oh, hello! Wait, who's hello. that guy? Yeah, I've met him. So stop by. I just wanted to stop by. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I was listening to the conversation. I think. Uh, it's good stuff. I also have to do some work stuff, so I'm in and out. But I don't know, guys. I'm I, I'm excited for tomorrow's game. I'll just start off random because I'm just jumping in. I, I I'm excited <laughs> for tomorrow's game. Like this this COVID squad list is actually quite hype. I'm kind of excited, so we'll see. But whatever you guys are talking about, I'm happy to talk about. It. Just throw things, man. Just you know, start to you know. Okay, so I, I think we were talking about transfers, right? Are we talking about yeah. a left back? Is that what we were talking about? That's what yeah, we're talking. I mean, that's that's pretty what much the, the uh, only... mill has it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Zagadis just at. go get him. Why not? Like you know what I mean? Why not? You know, he seems cheap, right? How much would it be? Five hundred thousand euros or something? Like he doesn't have a lot of experience, though. Yeah, but screw it. He'll be a backup left back. Like what? I don't know. Don't worry. Any Greek have registration problems? I don't know. It just seems 
easy enough, no? But I what just, do I know? I, I don't know. You so. know a lot, Labros. Start, you know, start, start dropping <laughs> some knowledge here. Stop but, uh, dro start dropping some knowledge here. But again, I... Fuck's sake. I, I wanted... So the transfer window opens. Hell yeah, let's go, baby. Here come the transfers. Nothing on a number 10. Like, this team needs a 10 so bad, a creative midfielder. And it's like, nope, nothing. Like, not even Clement right, Grignier really and his broken this. legs are... Our, uh, our 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 links. I I just want I I don't know. Remy Cabea. Is there anyone? I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, well, go ahead, Costa. No, I was talking to Nikos Dabizas the other day. Uh, we had a lovely uh, conversation about Newcastle for the Sun, and uh, basically what he said about the January transfer window is that it's not the window to build your squad. This is the window where you make tweaks. Mm. You know, you just you know you have. Just bits and bobs. You're not going to find your ultimate player because nobody sells their best players midseason. And if they do, they do not sell. They, they, they're not willing to let them go cheap. Uh, so there's not much Olympiacos can do about this, but they have so much quality that once they manage to click that, that group of quality players, when they manage to click, they can do amazing things. And I do hope there's going to be at least some sort of a gung-ho when they face Atalanta, because they got nothing to lose. The Greek league is already sorted. They're the favorites to win the Greek cup. Just go for it. Just, you know, leave it all out there and whatever happens. Yes, I was going to say it as well. I was going to say it as well. I don't even know. I was thinking is. about the exact Andreas, same thing. Andreas Eladara, the comment of the year so far. Labro, damn, just realized you're a Daniel LaRusso lookalike. Is that a compliment? Andreas Aladano has just been watching Cobra Kai, man. He just came on now and he's like, oh, shit. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to Google this. Hopefully it's good. I don't know. <laughs> no, man, it is good. Fantastic. It is good. Fantastic. Yeah, there's a little bit of a resemblance there. There is a little bit of a resemblance. You know what, Labro? We said we'd make this a shorter episode today, so we were actually going to close things when you were joining, but nice little cameo. Oh, um, my God. It's literally up... the Karate Kid. Daniel is the Karate Kid. Yeah. Oh, yep. shit. Daniel oh my God. Yeah, man. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'll take it, I guess. Like, doesn't he beat the kid up at the end? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You know, Daniel, Daniel LaRusso won karate competitions. You know, he's a winner. Yeah, I haven't right, seen okay. Cobra Kai new season, so I don't know if he wins. But no anyway, spoilers. no spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. I'm probably going to start go downstairs and start watching it now. Actually, um, I want to wrap up with this uh, because we were talking about yeah wrapping up transfers. We put out a nice post on our Instagram and on our on our social media about players that are. Uh, their contracts are expiring in six months. I'm going to give you a few names. Thomas Dragosha, goalkeeper. His father played in Greece. For Olympiacos. Uh, Cesar Aspilicueta. Stracos, did Stracosha play for Olympiacos? Yeah, as well. Fotis. Fotis played for Olympiacos, yeah. Wasn't he the goalkeeper trainer as well? He uh, still is for the under-something team now. For Olympiacos, no. I'm not too sure if he's in the right now, but I think he was at the in the past. But yeah, he was uh, he was a starter for Olympiacos, successful as well. Yeah, Aspiliqueta, you mentioned earlier, his contract's running up, but that's probably a he's going one. to Barcelona. He's going to Barcelona if he leaves. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, 
He's gonna go to uh, he's gonna go to Barca if uh, if it doesn't work out. How Chelsea. do they he have money? Like, where are they getting this money to? Like, what? Aren't they broke? What what, what happened here? Uh, I think a lot is the answer. Now they want to <laughs> sign Haaland. Now they want to sign Haaland. So yeah, you know. yeah. I want to sign Haaland too. Does it mean it's gonna happen? No. Okay. <laughs> Remy Cabella. That's the one I want. That is like such an Olympiacos signing where it's like Remy Cabea out of nowhere, best player. I'm in. I think, yeah, this is also a player that's had two ACL injuries, if I'm not mistaken. He had an ACL injury. He had an ACL injury when he played against us and he had one earlier in his career. I remember he got injured. He's only 31 years old. Jesus, the guy's age poorly. Looks like he's like 40. Damn. He's a fantastic player, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love the guy. You know, I'd love him in, but still, damn, wow. There's also another player that we have on our squad. There's another player that we have on our squad that's had two ACL injuries that plays in the same position. Oh shit! Yes, wow, true. Yeah, Christian Pavon is another name. Oh hell yeah! In six months. Yeah, I'm in. I don't think so, but okay. Kyle Larin, Besiktas, Mohamed oh. Elneny, Henrik Mikitarian. Those are a couple of names, guys. They Kyle Larin, Arian last summer. Yeah, Kyle we were Larin. close. And they were no close way. to signing. Mikitarian salary Arian. like so we can afford that. Can we afford can we afford that? I don't it's know. gonna be a free agent, bro. It's gonna be a free agent, yeah. and he's not exactly, you know, ever since Man United, he's not exactly, you know. In the same position he was when he was leaving Borussia Dortmund, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. Um, yeah, some interesting names. Kyle Larn, I think, is the one who's been linked, you know. I think uh, I think he could be the one. Also, Christian Teo has been linked in the past, no? Am I making that yeah. up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe him every and, summer. Uh, him and Gerard de Lefeu, he's the one who's been linked as well, the other Spanish winger. Yeah, I, I would take yeah. both of them. I don't know. I don't know. In my opinion, and what do you guys think about Steven Zuber to uh, to join? I heard of that. What do they not have a buy option? I, I thought they were going to just buy him. Two million. Are they? Surely. Yeah, they have a they have an option. They have the option, but they're not going to buy him automatically. Is what I mean. Mm. Right. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Ajax Athens versus Olympiacos, you know, Champions League football, you know, Europa League worst case scenario, win titles. Do we know yeah. do we know if there's an expiry date on that option? I have no idea. No. We'd have to ask the Frankfurt people. I, I don't I think Gotti still talks to them. He can yeah. talk to them. Uh, um, Dimitris Christidis were talking about Zuber, the the Ajax winger. I mean, Zuber. to be honest, to be honest, I don't watch the other teams in the in the Greek league. Uh, Am I the I only watch. one who watches the other teams? I feel like I'm the only loser who watches other teams in the Greek Super League. Like the other, the only guy like on Sunday night seven thirty with like Panathinaikos Aris with a beer. Like, yeah, that's good football right here. Like, am I the only one? <laughs> I think I'm the only one. I'm the only one. No, we I made now, man, you know. <laughs> good for I, you. I, I may do a bit of zapping, some zapping, like, yeah. but I won't sit down for a long time. But now so with people... fans, like half of the half of the reason to watch um watch those games is for fans. So like, am I gonna watch now with like twenty people and their mom in the stadium? Probably not. So I don't know. I think I might even either either I'm too spoiled from covering all this Premier League football or 
you know, foot, Greek football is so slow. I just can't <laughs> yeah, so hard yeah, to keep up sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'll only watch no. a big game as well. I'm not going to watch, you know. But anyways, you know, yeah. it is what it is. No, I agree. I agree. I don't know. We're going to see uh, what happens. Um, and I guess we're going to wrap up as well. Um, we'll be back this weekend probably. Um, so I just want to say, I don't know if you guys have seen, but our subscriber count is almost near a thousand. Everyone, everyone watching live, clap your hands. Like, why don't we make a push to a thousand guys? We're about to hit, I think we're at 900 or something right now, maybe just a little before 900. So why don't we make a push for a thousand? Can we do that by the end of January, everyone? Can we get uh, subscribers? And I know YouTubers usually do this. I know 50% of you watching right now are not subscribed. So if you hit a subscribe right now, you would help the channel massively. So anyway, that's what I'm doing right why now. Why should they subscribe, Labrador? They should, they should subscribe for excellent content, for impromptu drop-in moments, for interviews hopefully to come. Things are cooking, hopefully. Uh, for Olympiacos winning the league again. No, that happens every year. But anyway, for great content <laughs> and new content coming. Some of we're cooking something up in the lab. We'll 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 see what that is. But yeah, things are cooking. I promise. I promise. We will have a Olympiacos player from this roster, from this year's roster. We will have at least one player coming on the show this year, guys. So yeah, I I agree. That's going to happen this year. That is going to happen this year. Thank you so much, everyone who's been supporting us up until now. Thanks for staying with us uh, this time. I'm Costa. Labro joined us. Costa Liano's been with us today. Thanks for joining, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. See you next time. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Trilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.